Sonia and Sasha, for real. You're listening to Brimbank Live and Live FM. This is the Sonia and Sasha for real show. It's Friday, our favorite day, Sasha. Hello. Day. I miss you. I just want to get through there. One day we're actually going to be able to get in the studio. <gasps> With our friend Ralph, who we love and we're sending all kinds of love to, our friend Ralph, because he's been doing it a bit tough and we... We want to wrap our arms around you, Ralph, who is making media, who puts the whole thing together, owns the station that this is broadcast on. And, um, yeah, everybody from the Brimbank Live team, we love you and we're sending a big shout-out to you today, Ralph. Yeah, sending him lots and lots of love. Sending him lots of love. Now, we've got a big show, huge show, massive, big controversial. Sonia, I have a dream. I had a dream that they said no masks. You didn't have to wear masks. Anyway, I didn't actually realise until about 11 o'clock that the dream was not right because I got out of the car, got petrol, did this, did this, did and then I realised <laughs> I had made that up in my head. But anyway, it is going to come. We may get a uh, told we don't have to wear masks outside. This could be very, very cool. I know. We'll be able to breathe while we're walking our dogs. Oh. It'll be amazing. Now, we've got our rainbow stuff on today. It's a rainbow. very important day. Today is the rainbow. Transgender Day of Remembrance. Yes. And that is where we uh, pay tribute to the transgender people whose lives were lost in acts of transgender violence. So we are paying our beautiful paying tributes our and representing all of our amazing people in the trans community. So we send big love out to you big today love. and every day. And it's also Transgender Awareness Week. So it's a big week for our beautiful trans people. So we are sending our love and we're, we're repping our rainbow colours today. I'm going to wear this out all day in absolute pride. Yeah, I think that's absolute a great pride. idea. So what's love going it. on? What have you been doing this week, Sash? Because we've got a beautiful big guest who's it's all going to take up oh, all of our show today. Controversial. Okay. He's going to push us to our limits. To our limit, um, but he's had an amazing life and lots of history and, you know, he's done lots of incredible things yeah. in his journey. So we're, we're hoping that you'll Scott enjoy. McKenzie, all the way from yes. New York. Didn't yes, yes. New York Minute. Yep. Okay, so what have I been doing? My kids have started sport again. I went oh. out. I went out. And I'm actually saying I think that we need to encourage people to start to get out now. Just How long before you're bored of that, though? How long before you're like, oh, I don't think I'll ever be bored. Oh. I don't think I'll ever be bored with Do you know what? I, I will just... never be bored of taking my kids out. Let me take it out. <laughs> I'm actually having a little bit of anxiety about the fact that in two weeks uh, school is over and I have my yeah. kids at home for two months again. Same. Same. I'm, I'm really scared about that. Well, I'm not scared. I'm, well, yeah, I'm scared. Yeah, <laughs> so let's be real. I, well, because it's just we're not we're entertaining them and no, you know, it's it's but massive. And at least yeah. we don't have to homeschool them though. That's oh, the one bonus out of this entire bonus. break yes, that we're about to have. No, and but, I mean, no. people might think that we don't love our kids. That's the thing. We oh, love them so much. We would clearly do anything. They want to hang out with us all the time and follow us around. Yes, I have not had a shower by myself <laughs> since eighty four. Yeah, yeah eighty four. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Now, guess what else it is, right? It's but youth oh, month. hang on a second. It's youth month. This is oh, our month. we love the youth. We're because we're like we're under 20 23 and a half well, every birthday exactly right we love you well you and i have dedicated our entire careers to working with young we love them yes. we love so every month yes we get a month. whole month it's like it's better than mother's day you just get to party all week actually basically <laughs> what it means is that we i think youth month i'm going to trans uh translate this to be completely different youth month is where old people actually get out and act like young people for an entire month and that's you and i sonia 
we're not well except we're not old it's other people oh, who are exactly old and act like young correct. people yeah that's exactly yeah. right that's exactly right we celebrate young people we celebrate how brilliant they are and you know what why don't you do yourself a favor and actually have a chat with a young person today but just listen just say hey mm. what's happening in your world and have a little conversation with them and you know what you will be so surprised at how you know fresh and innovative and you know excited about the world they are they've been doing it tough this year like everyone else has oh, and probably a little tougher because they don't have some of the coping mechanisms that we do but I tell you what they will blow your mind because because they're absolutely full of love and yes. um, they've got so much hopes and dreams and life hasn't put the lid on them yet and that's exactly yes. why we love hanging out with young people absolutely. now can I tell you what I have watched an incredible show that I highly recommend for you to watch yes, incredible it's on that. Netflix it's called trial four and okay. it's about a young person who was sentenced to 22 years of jail and he was innocent. I'm not going to tell you anything more mm. about this, but I can tell you now, I will do my absolute best to get this man on our show. Oh, how are you going to do that, Sash? Sean Ellis, I'm going to stalk him. That's anyway, correct. Because right, if he didn't get stalked in jail, <laughs> he's going to get stalked by me. That's all I can say. Right? I'm going to do my, do like, this guy is love and peace to mm. the absolute core and I'm just telling you, it was brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I highly recommend everyone to watch it. It's called Trial Four. It's set okay. in Boston, um, and it's it's probably about yeah. It's it's taken over. It's a, a show. It's a show over twenty two years. So it's brilliant. You got to watch it. That's what I'm saying. That's my recommendation for the week on what you need to watch. But already, Sonia, we are running out of time because <gasps> we have the incredible Scott McKenzie. If you want to see the world differently. And you want to open your eyes up to, uh, and that's why we love Scott. We love Scott because he pushes us to the end to think differently. And that's what I love. I love somebody opening up my mind and making me see another point of view. And that's exactly what Scott McKenzie does. And he is our guest. And not just like one, two, he's like three segments. That's how yep. interesting he is. Um, absolutely. We've, we've put aside three segments for him. And do you know what one of, his, one of his lines is, which I absolutely love, I think you vibe with this as well, is unsubscribe. Um, unsubscribe to the normal pattern of what things are and what we've been told. Go do your research, go find out about it and then have form your own opinion from there. Unsubscribe mm-hmm. to what the normal is and I really love that because we need to be challenged and pushed out of our our comfort zones all the time. Now, no, you know, not everyone's going to love you know Scotty. He's he's a sh- he loves a bit of shock as well. Like he'll mm. put some stuff up there just as shock value and just for fun. And a lot of it's you know opposing views, um, yeah. but it always is interesting. So we hope you enjoy. We'll see you after the break. This is Brimbank Live on Live FM. We've got the Sonia and Sasha for real show. It's Friday. Sonia and Sasha, for real. You're listening to Brimbank Live on Live FM. This is the Sonia and Sasha for real show, and we have just the most amazing guest. It's part of the New York Minute set. New York Now, you will find this friend of ours to be the most controversial guest I think that we've ever had and in anything that we've ever done. Like this guy has incredible opinions on so much stuff that we love and we soak up and we just can't get enough of him because he has this energy that we just want to know more and more and he educates us to think differently. That's what I love about him. Oh, would you thanks. like the would you like the professional uh, the professional level introduction? He's a published author. He's a motivational speaker. He's a thought provoker. He's an artist tour manager. A cultural liaison. Oh, let's get into that. And you will most likely find him cycling through the streets of New York in a Louis Vuitton 
Monsoon. Please welcome great Scott McKenzie. Hey, everybody. That, was, that, was, that made me feel like Trump. I felt like that <laughs> was stroking the ego. Hey, th- welcome to Australia, baby. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Because we have to get you down here one day. I promise on everything I love, I'm coming to Australia. Aww. As soon as these airlines let us do what we want to do. Uh, okay. Well, now, because yeah, we have no planes here, so you can't get over here. You can't you get can't. back. You can get over, but you can't get back. Yeah. I want my thing. Now, we need to ask you, one of the things is Scott McKenzie. We actually, well, everybody calls you Great Scott. Where did this come from? Is it Back to the Future? No, no, no. Everybody asks that. Um, I, uh, I, I name myself Great Scott because I want to be greater than my father, Scott. I finally met him, and I know I'm greater than him. But we at peace. And um, But I really got the name from a magazine. It was a magazine on the uh, producer, Scott Storch. And, and it said, great, Scott, Scott Storch making all these hits, just like in the early thousands. And I said, damn, I like that. I like that name. And that's where I, re- I originally got the name from, from the Source magazine. Wow. Look at, look at that. I gave it my own meaning. I gave it my own meaning. Though. You gave it your own meaning. Well, I, I thought we had a Back to the Future thing going, but that's, that's hey, we're sticking with that. And I love the fact that you say, I want to be better than, yeah. you know, I love that. That's beautiful. I think we all want to be better than that. Especially if we come from from hard work. Um. Yeah. Well, I come from a troublesome background, but once I I spoke to him, I haven't met him, but when I spoke to him, I was like, okay, he he was young and he had a troubled troubled background too, and he clearly didn't mean it because he had other kids mm-hmm. and he was in their life. So that yeah. let me know this wasn't personal. It was just young and didn't, you know, he had a he had me at sixteen, so. It makes wow. sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course it does. All right. We're going to dig into the family stuff in a little bit. But first of all, we've all got say, daddy issues here. We are daddy well, hardcore <laughs> issues. <laughs> all of us. All of us. All of us. So we want to know because when we look, when we've had conversations with you, you you're you're just like the epitome of cool. You've got your even your company name is cool, River Phoenix Acquisitions LLC. And we've got, you know, you we see you as a tour, you know, manager for A Boogie. And we've got, you know, like um, we see you hanging out with the Fuji's and you you interned with Pharrell. Like there's so much to you. What do you when what do someone you do? asks you, what do you do? What do you say? I don't like answering that. Yeah, we know. That's what we're <laughs> like. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, not to you guys, but when people ask me, because I'm like, um, I just feel like, from no, I, I can't put myself in one box. It's so much yes. everybody does now. But um, at the end of the day, what I'm doing is just more like business management and helping people organize their professional life. Now, yes. that could be touring, that can be um, like an ice cream shop. Yes. It could be all, all types of avenues because we're in every field. You know, we just did a job with Costco's. I don't know if y'all, I guess you guys don't got Costco's. We but got it's a, Costco, yes, we do. So it's a supermarket out here. We did some things with Kind Granola Bar as of recently. I mean, everything we do, we don't post because sometimes you got to sign an NDA. But mm-hmm. all in all, um, just just like, to me, I'm like a strategy officer. I'm like a chief. I'm like the director of strategy, depending on the, the subject and the situation. To be light with it. That's light. Let's go light. Let's go not heavy at all. <laughs> so, but, like, okay, so you've become this 
icon really because we all like looking up to you and we love following the stuff that you do and you post this stuff that's just really thought-provoking and so so tell us like what was it like to be Scott growing up okay I'm gonna be like <laughs> I'm gonna do my best to be like give us heavy. you can you can just you do can you be heavy. you be you well, well long story short I'm from New Jersey East Orange New Jersey I was born in Newark New Jersey my mother came to America when she was I think 14 15 and then she from met England father. she's yeah, from, from England from yeah UK but mm-hmm. um I grew up in Jamaica she she was born in England left England at like four grew up in Jamaica and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, when she came to America, it was the crack era, the crack epidemic. Pablo Escobar was running the world with cocaine and um, everybody was selling drugs. And, the, and and she met my father because they were both, they both related to each other with the siblings being in the street life, the parents being in the street life, but them two not wanting to be in the street life. Yeah. My understanding, that's how they built the bond. And then, um, and then, um, then during all this time, Hip hop is blowing up. My mom used to be a dancer. She used to be dancing in the clubs with Puff Daddy, Mike yeah. Epps, Kevin Hart. I mean, not, not, not that all of them were dancers, but back then just everybody was just trying to get on. So yeah. Buster Rhymes, whoever, everybody was in the club. And then she met Puffy and she started working with Bad Boy back in the early days because she used to be at Uptown Records. Uptown yeah. with Andre Harrell in them. And then um, Heavy D, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I'm going to skip some stuff, but then... Um, <laughs> I, that's some pretty I, cool stuff to skip, though. Like, I mean, this is where stuff. this is the grounding and the education that you had when you were young is to hang around with some of the greatest minds in the music business. And then well, Scott well, comes well, along. And well, you don't, you don't know. Well, yeah, well, you don't know it when you're in it because especially yeah. back then when nobody was a millionaire, nobody, outside like Run DMC and them, nobody really made anything big of themselves. But I was luckily growing up with the Fugees and growing up with Bad Boy. I got to yeah. see Puffy with these visions and these dreams and he made it happen. Then to witness yeah. Tupac die. Big, my mom also worked with Death Row for a little bit. Death Row wow. Records. Yeah. So to see that and then to, to see Biggie and then two months later he dies. And my mom was at those parties. You know, she was, yeah. she was in those environments for all that. She was with Pac seven days before he got murdered because he did Radio City Music Hall MTV Awards, the 1996 MTV Awards. He did that in radio music hall. So, you know, it's like, and, and and now as we get older, we're like, it's crazy how all this is is TV shows and books and stuff, but this was people real life at one point, you know? Yeah. It's, it's entertainment for people today, but they really went through some heavy deaths and heavy just drama. I, the, the emotional yeah. fitness back then, because it was so new. When we're talking about money in the streets, trying yeah. to be professional world. It was just so, so different back then. I mean, now things are a little better, but the kids are a little more reckless because of the internet. But um, yeah, so anyway, growing up around that, I was like, yo, I gotta be in this industry. Cause I think when, when people are kids, you, 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 you are attracted to the first thing you see make money. That's why most kids in the hood, they attracted to the drug dealer. But for me, I wanted to be the drug dealer. Till I met the owner of Sony Records. Yes. Now yes. I was going to ask you about that. That was like a pivotal moment. And can I just say before we get into that, don't you wish you had an iPhone back in those days? Don't you oh, wish you had a phone that you could be recording all of these moments? I mean, that's history we're talking about there, Scotty. You know, you're hanging out with Tupac and, you know, Biggie. Oh, my gosh, it's amazing. So tell us the day that the Sony exec rolled up onto your house. 
he, no, well, he came to the hood and he came to the where, where the Fugees were recording the score. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which was down the street from my house on South Clinton yeah. Street, New Jersey. And I was like, dang, he had a limousine. This one limousines were like a really big deal, especially the kids. <laughs> of course. Yeah. You know? I said, I gotta ask this man what he do. I gotta ask this man what he do. And he came out the car, he came out the car smoking a cigar and he had a nice suit on. I said, I gotta ask this man what he do. And I scrapped his jacket and said, excuse me, sir, what do you do? How he old said, were you then, Scott? I had been like six or seven. I oh. was definitely a kid kid. Yeah. But 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 he had a limousine. He and, and then he said, he said, I'm the CEO of my own record label, something like that. And and he walked into the studio. Then I said, Can I sit in your I forgot how I asked him it, but I wanted to sit in his limousine. He let me sit in it. He told the driver to give them candy, give them Pepsi, whatever. And and I just remember sitting in that limousine, like, yo, I want to do this. Whatever that <laughs> I want to do. He's the man. Yes. He, he's really running the show. It's not no drug dealer. And it definitely ain't no rapper. But where did that come from, Scott? Like you're six or seven years old and you've got the thought. Uh, that's just how your brain works from that time. Like, what does this guy do? I want to do that. Tell me what that, how do you get to that point? And you're six or seven. Like, where did that come from? Well, I lived in poverty. Not, you know, not that I've been outside of America. Like, America ain't dealing with real poverty. But as far as America, I was in poverty. And, and when you're in poverty, you lack choice. And to me, he represented freedom. Yeah. That's pretty, he represented freedom. He could do what he want when he wanted. And he was really running the show. And that's when I caught on to like, that's when I want to be a drug dealer. Cause I'm like, well, they're not really running the show if they're always on the corner. The corner to me is no different from an office. It's still an mm-hmm. office, it's on the corner. I don't yeah. care how much shoes look. And, and back then it was big rope chains and stuff. I wanna, I was like, nah, that's not, that, that don't lead to nowhere good. This man seems to be leading, his life is going good places. I wanna yeah. be him. He ain't dealing yeah. with murder and drama. Now, you're surrounded by this and you've said that there was, you know, you had um, drug dealers in the family and you had, um, you know, a, a potential kidnapping when you were a child. Okay, you're right in the middle of all of that. Tell us what that was like. Oh, um, well, so I knew my family was in the streets, but I didn't know to what level until I got yeah. kidnapped. Well, it was an attempt kidnap. So I was in school. to be like, I was in school and um, these grown men came up to me. And they tried to grab me, you know, and I'm like, you know, what are you doing? You know, like, and then they, and then they, they, they keep trying to, but they're walking. So, but they keep trying to grab me and I'm just like, I'm backing up. And then another kid came up to me and said, your uncle killed my forever. Um, you know what that means for you, right? And I'm like, I don't know what from what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And how old, how old are you at this age when this happened? I had to be like 12 at this point, you know? And then I um, long story short, I got out of it. They they chased me. They did grab me up, but I got out of that and I ran straight home. I ran all the way home. I was I was out. I'm jumping over fences, everything like like, like behind this people. This like a movie. Yeah. Well, in the hood, uh, a lot of people's stories is like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Not really light was this, but um, yeah. Anyway, I went home and I told my uncle, the same uncle that did the murder. He happened to be in the kitchen, and I said, Uncle Mark, you killed somebody. He just looked at me on nonchalant and went, yeah, and kept watching TV. I said, I'm going to tell my mother, which is his sister. And I told my mom, and then they had a whole fight, an argument, and then turned into whatever. As long as I'm sure we convinced him to turn himself in because people were getting kidnapped and people were getting murdered and they wanted to just hurt everybody till they got to him. They were trying to find out where we lived, everything. I couldn't go to school for a little bit. I had to like just be, be in hiding. Not just me, a few of us. And, and because of the actions they did, 
I have to suffer the consequences because you're guilty by association, even though I am nothing like them. Oh, your last name's Mackenzie. You from that family. We should get you to as a retaliation on them, even though yeah. they're not here in the streets at least, because a lot of them was locked up. Yeah. But anyway, but that, but that was the streets back then. It was just the 80, the 90s and the late 80s were just different. You know, cocaine and heroin really, really, really was making people multimillionaires. I, I had I used to carry like a hundred thousands of dollars as a kid on me to hide, you know, from people. It was crazy. Wow. That was back then. <laughs> that was back then. Wow. That's Broken glass everywhere. People hanging out the corner. Like all those songs were really real for the time. Yeah. In yeah. New York. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing far from the truth with those early rap songs about what America was like with the truth. You know, now I watch Pablo Escobar Narcos and I'm like, one man could have an effect on the whole world in ways yeah. he didn't even imagine. Yeah. He, like he he made cocaine a commercial, he made it Coca-Cola, he made a commercial product. It never yeah. was commercial to him. He people sold cocaine before him. And and you know, I grew up with like family on crack and drugs. Most of my family died of AIDS. My father's side at least, they died of AIDS. So my relationship with drugs is like, I don't do drugs at all. I don't, do, I don't smoke cigarettes, I don't do none of that. But my relationship with drugs is just, um, I wouldn't say special, but it's just unique because I've grown up around it most of my childhood. The h- hardcore drugs, so I've seen it. I've seen what it can do to people. Like most of my aunts are prostitutes. You know, I've seen them, I've seen them do a lot of things and not feed their kids. Y'all got kids, y'all know. But imagine you looking at your child, he hungry and you like, cocaine right now is more important than you. Mm. I've seen them be like, I can't feed you right now. But that's $10 and go shoot their arm up. So Scott, you're living this completely different life now. What was the point of breaking away from that to this? Like, was there points? Was there key moments? Um, was what, what happened? Like what happened in high school or what happened when you went, I need to move away from there? Well, I'll tell you this, um, when, when, when the Fuji started making money, I saw another life. I never knew this other life existed, which mm-hmm. was like, I mean, I hate to say it like this, but it was like the white area of New Jersey. I saw mansions, I saw pools. I saw kids that wasn't really stressed out. <laughs> I was like, dang, I ain't know people live like this. By this point, I'm like at least 14. So that was important to see. Cause if, I, I think if I never saw that and I always give Wyclef credit for that. That alone was just enough to show me that there's more out here. Uh, you know, you, you like some of these kids only know they block. They really do. Some of them, like I'm from yeah. New Jersey. I've never been to New York. And New York is a 20 minute ride away. Okay, you know? yeah. yeah. But because it's, it's, it's really all they know. So so it was that. It was the Fugees and, and them showing that you don't got to live that life. Because once again, I look at the result. And at the end result of being in that life is it don't end well. You either end up dead or in jail. And... Here's somebody that is becoming a millionaire off of music and being an executive. And I said, I'd rather be a square. You know, kids in the hood tease you. They call you a square. You think you white because you don't want to talk hood and you don't want to sag your pants and you don't want to sell drugs and you don't want to cheat on your girlfriend. I don't care. This guy looks safe. He looks like he's living a complete stress-free life. I'm tired of being stressed out. I don't want to be stressed out. I committed crime too when I was a kid. You have to, you can't, you can't be an angel around a bunch of devils. You got to do what you got to do to survive. But I'm saying all that to say, I don't, I was like, yo, I don't, I'm not trying to live like this. I don't like waking up 
you know, I've had home invasions. You know, home invasions ain't cute. People tying up me and my grandmother, they ain't cute. I'm, I don't want to live like that. Who, who wants? No, Pablo. I'm saying Pablo Escobar because he was the richest. But let's say El Chapo and them. They were, they were billionaires, and then you just on the run for the rest of your life. Nobody want to live yeah. like that. Like yeah. you see a house you love just waking up in your house, but these guys every week they, they have to move, they have to change, they have to carry twenty guns on them. Mm-hmm. I, I know it is like carrying a gun. I, I don't like using no gun. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. Do that. Mm-hmm. Scott, you had so there's so much trauma that there's from your childhood, and yet when we speak to you, you're so light, and you know you you've got this mission to educate yourself on every topic known to mankind and you speak so beautifully about your mother and your partner and you know you've you are completely you know if unless you talk to you and dig deeper and find out all of that stuff we would not have known because that you don't carry it with you your your light Mm. you know it's how how does a a boy deal with that level of trauma and then heal themselves what did you what did you do well i think personally I didn't know it was trauma until I was like 27, to be right. honest. And um, that's only because I had time to reflect once I lost everything and I had no money and stuff and I was just able to reflect. And I was like, I didn't realize that that was considered bad. Like I've been molested, but I didn't know. I mean, you know, but you don't, I never talked to nobody about it. So I didn't know, I never like really dug deep into it, you know? But um, yeah, you don't, you, cause and especially in black culture in America, nobody talks about their trauma. I mean, look at 50 Cent or look at Puffy witnessing his best friend get shot in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I mean, all, all, my grandparents, you know, my grandmother went through some stuff. I mean, but to her it was like, hey, that's life. You know, I, I don't think she saw lynchings because my grandmother was light skinned. So she was a house N word. But she so she till the day she died, she just cleaned up homes for wealthy white people in New Jersey. But but yeah. but even when she lived in Jamaica, from my understanding, she Cause she used to have all these pictures of just white families, and she's like, "Oh, I work," like, and like she would worship them, you know, like, but not in a, not in a, not in a bad way. Like to her, it was like these people, you know, without them, I wouldn't be able to feed myself. Cause she never graduated school. I don't even think she went to school. She was totally illiterate. But that that that's her time. And I'm saying to say, like, she didn't know that. I don't know. Maybe reading a book is important. You know, she didn't know all that stuff. To her it was like regular life. She she used to always tell me. Baby, just be, you, I forgot how she used to say it, but um, you just want to want to be in a good space so the white man can give you a job one day. You know, that was her whole thing. You know, make sure the white man will give you a job one day. But I understand as I got older, I'm like, okay, yeah, because she went to, she she was born in 1934. So she she just seen different stuff. She only left London because Hitler, they, they thought Hitler was going to take over the UK. Yeah. So she we got out. We were like, I ain't staying here. But she's like, we came to America with no money. We didn't know our foot from our head. So you just do what you do best. You know, you, yeah. you cook and clean. That's all you can do. Especially for women, because women too didn't have their independence. Even white women, it wasn't the same. Yeah, but now women, you know, women are able to be free and do what they want to do. But anyways, I compare myself to all that. I'm like, am I really going to do stuff? I would do stuff for my time. And that's what it was at that time. But at the end of the day, there's people that went through more. At least I have my health and 
I've never oh been shut. Oh my God, what an attitude though. Because yeah, if, if somebody went that. through one of the things that you've just yeah. said, and you've said like 30, if they'd be in therapy for life, they wouldn't leave. They'd be on medication. They'd be, you know, rocking mm. in the corner. And you're just out there saying, all right, well, that people had it worse and I'm moving on and I understand it. They do. They want to be a part yeah. of it. Yeah. That's what I was saying earlier with, with America. It's like until you leave America, you don't you don't realize like yo people in Haiti and Jamaica and Mexico and, and my girlfriend's Mexican, so being out there, I see real poverty, man. We don't we don't got no poverty. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's, it's not it's not poverty we can't control if we would work together. But yes, yeah. there is a system that is dedicated to making us not work together. So that's yeah. why Africa, as much of resources as Africa has, if I keep all y'all fighting like what's going on in Nigeria and what Congo, mm-hmm. whatever. Y'all never really noticed that we, the powers that be, whether China, Russia, whoever, everybody's just taking from you, taking, taking. And that's the same thing in the hood, like in, like in America. It's like Bloods and Crips fighting over colors, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but you've been brainwashed. I'm not falling for that because I always looked at the result. What does this lead to? Some people don't care about the result. Results are, like, I have to look at history because history tells all. And I'm like, okay, well, if it didn't work, then why, why, why the hell do I think it's going to work now? I'm not doing that. Meaning like hurting somebody else or mm. cheating on somebody. I don't need to do all that. It doesn't lead nowhere. So I tell yeah. everybody, I live by Stalin. Stalin has a quote, one death is a tragedy. A thousand deaths is a statistic. And that's how I live. I want to know the statistics of things. And I, I tell everybody, do that. You want to you get wealthy? Go buy Forbes and see the top 400 people that's wealthy and see what's the commonality between them. Unlike, mm-hmm. unlike now, when I was a kid, I didn't have Google. I graduated school in 2003. Google, you know, y'all know Google didn't exist then. I had to mm-hmm. literally go buy books and read and find it. Now I could type up everything in 10 seconds, I get the answer. So I'm like, <laughs> what, what, what's your excuse now? You know what I'm saying? Like when, when, yeah. when YouTube was invented, I, that, I, I was so fascinated with this, with this, with this thing. I was, I was YouTube and everything. YouTube yeah. and how, how to make glass. YouTube, I was like, oh my God. God, the answers is all here. <laughs> I was so addicted to YouTube for at least two years. Mm-hmm. I, I've watched like every video on YouTube. I still to this day because YouTube got all the answers. You can want to own land. I want to. I learned about credit through YouTube. Yeah, I watch tons of videos and hear people's opinions. Then I line it all up and say, well, "What's the commonality of all these opinions? This work, this work, American Express is best." Da, 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 da. The All fact right, we that need you to, want to be able need... to educate yourself so much is just, uh, and and the fact that you're putting out all of these different opinions, it's and you're actually teaching other people. That's the greatest thing. I mean, <clears throat> looking and thinking, you're here really to teach and learn to experience, and you are doing all of those things. You are constantly showing us new ways of looking at things, and. And I love that. Like that's why we love following you and, and love hanging right. out with you because we every time we see you, we walk away going, Oh, uh-huh. I never really thought about it like that. And you yeah. you have you have great ways of, of looking at things. Where do you um do you want we'll go for a break and we then need we'll to come take back. a break. We need to take a break and let's and then we'll come and back. There's all these other questions we've got because you really do, you make our brains hurt sometimes. Yep. we love it we love it so you're listening to the Sonia and Sasha for real show bring bank live and live FM. we'll be back soon thank you so much for listening to bring bank live and live FM. if you've got the Sonia and Sasha for real show and here we are with our friend from New York the great Scott McKenzie and he's just he's just got a different view of the world he's been through some stuff we just heard but he's just uh he has 
made us think about things in such a different way and constantly thought-provoking and we watch his social media and he's like pushing us and making us think, oh, what about that? What about that? YouTube was your educator for a while, like it is all of ours. Google is now. But what about how do you, you know, what, what do you do with your thoughts about the world, your social media? You pump it out there and you make us really just, where does that come from, Scotty? Oh, Lord. Well, Tumblr, Tumblr was one of the first websites I was really addicted to. I, I never forget when Tumblr first started in like 2008. I was on Tumblr before Twitter and Facebook. So after MySpace, I went to Tumblr and I just got a large following. I used to be really popular back in the 2008 to like 2012. I had like yes. over 100,000 followers. I was getting, so I was one of the first, not just, I'm not saying I'm the first. I was definitely one of the first group of young kids in America getting sponsorships, Reebok, all types of brands, Ciroc. Yes. So anyway, Tumblr, mm-hmm. I use Instagram stories like Tumblr. Because Tumblr, I would just repost stuff and people would just be fascinated by it. And I had a big blog called Purple Mango. Yes. And, uh, I just made the word up. It means nothing. And then yeah. people, I would walk down the street and people like, yo, you're the dude from Purple Mango. But this is what <laughs> Tumblr was, was yeah. the thing. Because Odd Future, Tyler, the creator, ASAP Mob, ASAP Rocky and them, a lot of them got discovered from Tumblr. This is yeah. back in Tumblr was the thing. So anyway, now, once Instagram stories came out, I was like, oh, I'm going to use this like Tumblr because I love mm. I love Tumblr. I could just be random because because the life is random and our minds are random. Mm-hmm, our mm-hmm. Minds are random. And um, I just I just encourage people to just understand because me and Sasha, we sometimes we go back and forth. Right. And I just not not just with her, though. It could be Black Lives Matter. It could be whoever. I just want people to understand that yeah. life battery is it's a positive and a negative. That's why the Chinese said the yin and the yang. You can't have day without night, you know, fire mm-hmm. without water. There's always an opposite. And, and man without woman and it's all good you know so you got to balance both you know that's like with the police i think some police are wrong but not all police i don't think we should defund the police and what are the why the police aren't doing nothing no different than a gang member in the hood saying don't snitch yeah if that's my own i'm not gonna snitch on my own i'm not saying i condone killing i'm just saying like as a cop i get it cops gonna stick with cops the way blacks are gonna stick with blacks and chinese gonna stick with chinese and and that you know i don't agree with it but it's normal it's normal for people to feel that way. The way the squirrel is with the squirrels and the penguins are with the penguins. We go see the penguins. So, I mean, what, I, what I is your opinion that. on Black Lives Matters? I mean, I agree with it, and I don't. I'm black, so of course I don't want nobody killing us. But I don't think that the best way to make change is through protesting. I, I think when I look at leaders that did change the world in their way, it could be Fidel Castro, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Malcolm X, whoever, I think they were very big on force. You know, people only respect money and violence. And, and even like in Africa or Egypt or Iran, when they didn't like what was in government, they went in there and they yanked that person out. I feel like well, all we do is go, hey, man, don't shoot. We're going to protest. And then we, and next week we go back to shucking and jiving. Not we, because I ain't doing it. But these people do. And, and, and some things we have to unsubscribe from if we really want Black lives to matter. It can't just matter when whites cops kill us it has to matter when even we kill us if my life matters it should matter no matter what it can't be like well that's less of, of an issue when 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 your own kill your own because i'm black and i'm more scared of my own than the white person in the sense of like listen every culture kills their own culture right but i'm saying that to say um i, I know for me if, if and i know this because i'm from the hood 
if, if, if I walk around with this chain on and Bill Gates is right next to me, they're going to kill me before they kill Bill Gates. It just is what it is. Because they feel it's safer to kill you, I could get more away with it because you black. <laughs> black people feel this way about blacks. You, you, look, look, the rapper Pop Smoke just died in February. They ran up in a Hollywood mansion and did that. You don't think they know wealthy white people live out there? You don't hear them running up in wealthy white people homes? Of course they know these people might not have cash on them or diamond chains, but that is not the point. They just feel like I could get more away with killing my own than killing. But that's not just us, because uh, as I travel, I see every race kills their own race, right? There's issues within every culture. But I'm trying to tell Black people, I'm a part of hip hop, so it is, I'm a problem, I'm part of the problem too. But um, we glorify it. That's the only difference. Chinese don't glorify killing their own. No other race really glorifies killing their own. Now, it's entertainment, but then you can't get mad when people look at your life as entertainment. And then just all I said with Tupac and Biggie, it's like, these are real lives. But to now the world, how much people are making millions and millions of dollars, making movies and benefiting off of their tragedy. I yeah. told, I'm telling black people too, we have to stop making our tragedy profitable. Even us, you know, I don't, I don't believe in telling people to do something you're not gonna do yourself. And I don't believe in telling people something that, um, it, it, and then, okay, it's like Chris Brown beating Rihanna. Everybody want to come at Chris Brown, but I'm like, I know everybody knows somebody that at least at one point in their life, they know did domestic violence and they never said nothing to that person. I know plenty of men that have done terrible things to their wife, to their girlfriend, and I never said anything. So I'm just as a fault, but I can't look at some celebrity and attack him as if I don't know somebody down the street who's doing the same thing. That's, that's all I'm saying. I think that is super backwards. You know, you want to attack Trump, but there's plenty of the evil people out here worse than Trump as far as just, just gang culture and drug dealing and all that other stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm not mm -hmm. saying Trump is the just Just make it fair. I'm a, I'm a fair person. I believe in being super fair with like, I don't believe in like point, 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 point. I was trying to tell Sasha, it's not your place to fix things. I think it's our place. I think the people that want white people to fix is because they really weak and they know they can't, they feel they can't survive without the white man. So that's why they're like, well, white people need to fix our problems. No, you, you need to fix your problems because American blacks are the only group that think like this. It is not Haitian blacks, Jamaican blacks, African blacks, African blacks. Every other black is trying to solve their own issues. It's only American blacks that feel like the government or some other entity needs to solve our issues. That's my opinion on it. You know, people, people don't got to agree, but at the end of the day, I tell black people all the time, if you move to Jamaica, if you, oh, look at Nigeria, it's black cops killing black people. This has nothing to do with color, my brother. That's what you're trying to tell me. This has nothing to do with color. This is the powers that, this is a classism issue at this point, really. And it's the powers, it's the people that have power and the people that don't. And what's power? Power is really violence. To me, it's guns. If it ain't guns, it's money. But you use money to buy guns. So without without whoever got the most guns is in control. That's how I in the story. Wow. Wow. Right. That's like when you actually talk about this stuff to other African-Americans, do you think that there's a pushback in their opinion? Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what? You, you know, I don't because care. I don't, What's happening I don't. when you're going out and you're talking about this stuff? What's happening and what is everyone saying to you? Like, do they I mean, some people, some people see the bigger picture. Some people still want to stay in their mindset. Listen, I say all the time, 
your life is the teacher. Whatever you believe, prove it within the results in your life. I'm telling you what worked for me. I'm telling you when I when I distanced myself and I got with this energy, things change. There are white people that want to help us. There are cops that want to help us. We can't, if you don't like them pointing that all black people are evil, I can't keep saying F the police because all police are not bad. There's police that helped me through tragic situations. They gave me a ride home when I was a kid and little things like that. So why am I discrediting them? I don't want to discredit nobody. I want to be fair to everybody because we want fairness. If we want fairness, we got to be it. And I know it's hard because I've been there. I've been through racist moments myself. I've had. I've been beat up by the cops three times. I don't sell drugs. You see me, no tattoos. I don't. I'm a square compared to like, like, like fifty cent or something. You know what I mean? You're in bed by nine thirty, Scott. So you're definitely not doing anything wrong. <laughs> like we'll bring you. I'm going to bed. It's nine thirty, Scott. Wake up. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like I, I grew up in yeah. just bad moments, but I'm not gonna go. Dang, all these cops are effed up. You know, because that's not the truth. You know, only some. It, it, it's, it's like any other world, you know, that there are just a few bad apples in every culture. And mm. it's all right. I think, but, but I understand why we stereotype because the mind can only um, hold in so much. So at some point it has to just make a, a, a ratio of like, this is the whole of them. The, like um, it could be like pit, pit bulls, you know, everybody in America thinks pit bulls are evil. They're not evil. You know, they, a, a dog is trained to be that way just like a humanist a terrorist is trained a, mm. a dog and a, and a little boy are the same thing they have a brain and somebody said this makes sense do this and i and i'm telling people we got to unsubscribe even like with rape culture unsubscribe i love that unsubscribe get yourself educated and work it out from there all right you even with, with rape culture people with rape culture right I, I'm, I'm not condoning it i'm just trying to help people understand how men can think the way they think, like like Harry Wine Epstein or whatever his name is. The point is like, I looked at Mario. Mario, you you, you know, you, you do all this and at the end you win the girl and then she's supposed to kiss you. Legend, this is video games, Legend of Zelda. When I was a kid, I'm consuming this on MTV. Now, if I'm a kid and I'm growing up, what do you think I'm supposed to think? I'm supposed to think, yeah, that's how, that's how women's supposed to be. Like I'm supposed to do this and do that. And, and hip hop is teaching me this and video games is teaching and TV is teaching me this. So I'm not condoning it. I'm just trying to tell people if we can understand where things come from, then we could truly solve it. But we could just wake up one day and go, this person's wrong, this person's wrong, without understanding that that person had a background too. And it's interesting when I travel and I read education in different countries, and I see how people could think the way they think because their books are telling them this. And, and, and I'm telling Black people, when you go to other countries, Black culture is not taught the same in every country. That's why, like, a monkey is offensive to an American Black, but it's not offensive to a Swedish Black. I don't know if you remember the story of that little Black boy who did the um, H&M ad, and it was something about the king of the jungle, and it was a big offense here. But I'm like, Sweden, slavery and all that didn't happen the same way out there. But I get how you American Blacks don't know because you've never been in Sweden. So you're just judging from your context of what Black people went through. And, mm -hmm. I, and I'm trying to tell Black people, can we stop living in the concept of slavery? I feel like that, that, that concept was, was, was brought on to us so that we could think anything beyond slavery is better. But the reality is the wealthiest Black man was Musa Mansa Musa. And there were a lot of Black prominent people before slavery. But if you keep living from the storyline of slavery, then you start thinking everything after that was 
better. Before the 400 years of slavery, there was a whole history. And most black people don't care to look into it. They just go, slavery. That's it. We just started at slavery. That's not true. Mm-hmm. I know my history. That's what I said with the N-word. If you understand the N-word, the real term stands for king, ruler oneself. So you should never be offended by the word if you know the context of the real word. But if you want to be offended by it, by what somebody else told you, that's on you. But the history is on Google. You could Google it. There's white kids saying it in spelling bees. So I'm trying to help mm-hmm. them open their minds so they can stop. Because people just listen to what people tell them instead of saying, well, let me question it. I questioned everything. And it was like, yeah, let's sell drugs. Mm. Let's sell drugs. Why? Why? Where does this lead to? Yo, yeah. we just got to sell drugs, yo. We got to get this money. What is money? <laughs> What's money? <laughs> oh, money. You know what I mean? And I'm like, no, I don't know what you mean. Scott, just you have that. these incredible opinions and you lead you know you actually lead an authentic life like what is going on and you know you're you're leading a life where you're saying this is how i'm feeling and i'm educating myself and i'm educating everybody else i need to ask you okay this and and anyone that actually follows you on social media it is like one minute it's politics the next minute it's sex it is just absolutely all over the place and and we love like we love the stuff that you're putting out there it's certainly not for everybody it will definitely shock some people but one of the things that you always say is that you are in you're in a very wonderful loving relationship actually a really really healthy relationship that you've been in for the last seven years but you openly say that you're in a an open relationship what tell us like how does that even work and how do you make that work and Tell us all about that. Because we love Vanessa. We love her. Oh, love her. So, so she was not with it in the beginning. It's just be very <laughs> People think I just said it to her. And she was like, yeah, sure. It, it took months. <laughs> took but, a month, just a couple of months. But but one thing I, I asked her that, let's be, a, let's be students of love. Let's not come in this thinking we should know all the answers. Let's be some students. Let's study biology, chemistry, science, physics. Let's study all that so we can understand why the human, and let's study animals, let's study bugs, let's study all of it and understand procreation on everything. And there was a, there's a pattern. I always say that there's some type of thing. So um, anyway, once we understood the science behind love and the, and the model that we have now is a 200 year old model, it's not from the beginning of time. Monogamy is not realistic compared to nature. And look at what other creatures are doing and what we're taught to do. Marriage is about property rights. End of story. The Europeans created that concept so that way the king could, could, um, could build an alliance with another king. And he, it's like in Game of Thrones. He'd say, oh, here's my daughter. She's not bleeding. So she's a virgin. You can have her. And in return, your army, your resources will be my resources. And that was in the medieval times and it exists now to this day almost. So to be like light with it. So once we understood that, it's like, why are we subscribing to that? Because that's not what, what we're from. In Egypt, everybody has sex with everybody because back then a village raised a child. It was not about property. It wasn't about none of that. It was just, what was mine is yours, what's yours is mine. But then all that changed when Europeans said, we need to conquer other countries and yada, 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 yada. So um, with all that being said, and, and from a science point of view, right? Every, um, there's seven women to one male. Every time you make love, and, and if you make a baby, there's a, there's a, um, 
what six out of chance well whatever it'll be it'll be more girls than boys right because one of us make the xy chromosome one of us make the xx chromosome which means there's three girls to one boy so if 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 that is outnumbered then we have to ask ourselves what happens to all the other women when you get married to the alpha male you're married to um and let's look at like why men i don't and i don't know this is all theory at this point why men die faster, women live longer, but women eggs die off faster and the man's sperm can procreate till he's old. Who knows? I'm just saying to people, including myself, I wanna start questioning this because this is something I feel like nobody's talking about. Like puberty starts so young. Why would the universe, God, whatever, make it that way if there wasn't an intention to it? Now, I don't know. I'm just asking because I feel like we're not even asking. You know, it's like, it's just little things. Like we just started asking questions about well, why is life designed like this? But then we make laws to go against nature. Why do men rape men even when they're straight? Like in prison, in America, at least. I can't speak for another country, but in America, men rape men all the time. So I realized, okay, rape has nothing to do with a female. It's deeper than that. Okay, let me look at sperm. How many heartbeats does a sperm make per heartbeat? Make 70,000 sperms per heartbeat. We just started digging, digging, digging. I'm like, this shit, I mean, sorry. This thing is so complicated. I get why there's no answers to it. It's, it's just too, on the science, biology, chemistry perspective, it's just too much. So you um, go to Vanessa with all of this and then what does she say? <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I'm imagining like Saturday night watching a movie and, uh, you know, you're on the couch and you'll go, listen. I just made 70,000. I just made 70,000 sperm. You know, like, da-da-da-da. Okay, what's the, next, what's the next step? Okay, so you give 140, her, 280. <laughs> you give her this spiel and then you go, I think we need to go out and I want to go here, you go there, and then we come back together. Like, where, where, what happens then? No, no, no. She was um she she was doing her own own research. She found I can't remember none of the books she found, but she found some books that are really strong and that had us both thinking. And we just we just came to the conclusion that it's unrealistic. No other species do it but human beings. And human beings do it for property rights. Other animals don't do it. And, and you know what's interesting? Um squirrels, male squirrels bite off the, the balls and the penis of, of their own children because they don't want the, the son to grow up and be competition to them. Bears kill their own sons, bear males. So there was a pattern I seen, and, and males do it too. Human males do it. We do it differently though. We'll do it through like wealth. Well, thank God no one's biting each other's balls off. That's all <laughs> I can say. <laughs> but we do, do it. We, do, we do it through, through like, um, just, just, just through other avenues. So, so I saw a commonality that males are always competing to breed. And, and we, we, we will kill each other off to breed with other women. It's just our thing. Um, and er, ants do it, all bugs do it, it's whatever. Anyway. But I'm just thinking, like, how do we bring that into the relationship? Like, you have all that. I mean, certainly as all of us, you know, I mean, Sonia and I are both married. So certainly, you know, everybody thinks these, you know, far out different things. But you kind of go, well, this is, you know, this is the life and we're married and, and that sort of stuff. I'm just thinking, like, you bring this to the table, like, you cross the line, like, do you come back? Like, what, how do you even, and, and what do other people, because you've actually had people say to you, well, um, you know, give really strong opinions about the, the the lifestyle that you guys are leading. Yeah, well, we eight years in, and I, all I'm trying to tell Vanessa, 
you guys, everybody, don't go against your nature. Your nature is going to override you in one way or another, some point in life. And that's all good. And I think we're taught to go against our nature. We're taught we're good people. I'm not saying we're bad people. I just think life is life at this point. I don't have good or bad anymore in life. It's just, it's just nature. It's nature to be violent. It's nature to be loving. It's nature to be, you know, it's like you make eye boogers and you fart and you pee, but then there's a party that also smells good. But I'm saying all that to say, I, me and Vanessa agreed to don't go against your nature. If you like something, you genuinely like it. There's other times she walked on the street and she liked women and men. And, and, and that, that, does that mean she, she's wrong for that? No, she's a human being. She mm. just like food. Sometimes you like chicken and sometimes you like steak. Sometimes you like lobster. Food is, food is attractive for whatever reason, but not all the time. You might be like, I'm not in the mood for a burger today. That don't mean you don't like burgers. It's just today I'm not in that mood. I'm just saying go with your That's nature. That's what we're going to do, Sonia. That's it. I like burgers, but today I'm not in the mood for a burger. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and that explains it all. Scott, have, you are amazing. The way amazing. that you um, – I want to finish off. We haven't asked anybody. We, we've said that we wanted to have our signature question and we're going to finish off the interview today yes. with our signature question, Scotty. And, you know, um, we we love the way that you've been so open with us today and I've learned something and I've got so many more questions. I think we need to do like an hour special with you or something I think to we put on our YouTube, YouTube channel. Um, but our question to finish off today, and thank you for being so beautiful with us, is uh, what do you know for real? This is the Sonia and Sasha for real show. So what do you know for real? I don't think that people deep in their hearts want to be evil. I think just sometimes we're just all trying to find ourselves. And um, emotional fitness it needs a workout. You know, everybody won't work out their body. But working out your mind is a whole nother conversation. So you don't say, oh, it's, mom, dad, it's mom's fault, it's dad's fault. It's the white man's fault. It's the police fault. Because at the end of the day, they're all humans too, trying to figure out their mind. And I don't think when people, some people are going to look back at their life, like the guy who killed George Floyd, I don't think he's like, man, I'm proud of that, man. Yeah, man, that, that black person deserved it. You know, I just think we're humans, man. And sometimes we lose ourselves in the moment. And all I'm saying is that people aren't evil. At the end of the day, every human being wants to do good. However, that good look is an opinion, <laughs> but they, they want to do good in their heart. They, they do. I think we all want love. We all want to feel important. We all want to feel just love. Valued. Valued. We want valued. valued. We want to like feel we valued. matter. Like we matter. That's what I'm pushing. That's and we all are exactly the same. We all love. We all hurt. We all get scared. Yep. You know, we all want the best for yep. whatever, and we all have different ways of, of showing that as well. Because when I tried to kill a fly and it's running away, it, it don't want to get hurt. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, don't <laughs> It's like, I got to get this out of my room. And I'm saying that to say, we, I, I think every species on the planet has a brain and a heart because some plants can, like, they're, like, alive, but they don't have a brain and a heart. Deep down, we all just want to be loved and stuff. I think every creature on the planet. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not exempted. We well, so, love you, Scotty. We love but you. But I am scared of a bear. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm scared of a dog. I, I understand that, that 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 tiger might go tiger, and I might want to back up. You know, that's why I want to go to jail because I can understand just like the tiger. Oh, this man is gonna go man, and if he see my little butt, he gonna want some of this butt, and I don't want. Because <laughs> you know I, mean? I understand that at his nature. 
that's what he wants. Just like mm. the tiger's leash is like, oh, I want to eat you. <laughs> yeah. You know? I think um, I think it's fair to say that we all should stay away from squirrels. We love you, Scott. We love you. And we thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And I think we need to come back and do another whole hour because there's so many more questions we need oh, to ask. Absolutely. You. Never you ready. And we, yeah. and I'm coming and come to, to Australia. School. Come to Australia yes. already. Sneak all in right. that country. Yeah, right. well, you can't sneak in here, but we'll try sneak into yours. Love you, Scott. Thank you so much. Scott would allow it. Okay. Great, Scott. Great, Scott McKenzie, everyone. Brimbank Live on Live FM. This is the Sonia Sasha for Real Show. Sonia and Sasha for Real.